Today I have the pleasure of talking with Grant Menzies of Adina Watches. Adina Watches was founded in 1971 by Grant's father, the Australian watchmaker and current managing director, Bob Menzies. Bob is an extremely determined businessman and he had a dream to create a watch capable of withstanding the rigours of the Australian lifestyle. Today, the business has grown from one dedicated man to a staff of 20, including Grant, who is heavily involved in the management of the business. They're building the craft of quality Australian watchmaking throughout the generations. Each year, they produce over 40,000 watches from their Brisbane factory, and they're available in over 300 retail outlets across the country. But why are we talking to Adina Watches in an events and tourism podcast? Well, Adina Watches were the naming rights sponsor of the Adina Polo Cross World Cup 2019, which was held in Warwick, Queensland. And we wanted to have a chat from the other side of the fence to give some tips and insights into what corporate sponsors are looking for when they sponsor events across Australia. So today we talked to Grant about his partnership with the Adena Polo Cross World Cup and he shares with us some great tips and advice on how you can better source corporate sponsors for your events. So let's chat to Grant. Tell us about Adena Watches and your partnership with the Adena Polo Cross World Cup 2019. So Adina Watches in itself is a 49-year-old Australian watchmaking business that uh, designs and assembles its entire collection of watches here in Australia. Uh, We're the last watchmaking firm of any scale to be doing everything in-house. When we were approached by Warwick Polo Cross Club to get involved with the World Cup, it was an idea that we could start engaging with a client base or a customer base or even a base of people that had a um, a regional outlook, which is where Adina has a very strong following in uh, regional Australia. So I I felt initially that we were certainly talking to our market, but once we started working with the organisation, it was grew into something obviously much more than that. Mm. So you were naming rights sponsor, right? You were pitched to be the top naming rights partner of the Polycross World Cup. And did you know much about Polycross before you were actually so approached? It, yeah, to answer that one, it's, it's sort of definitely a two-part question. Like to, to be the naming rights sponsor was a big deal, but to, we'll come back to that. Like as Polycross itself, I knew of Polycross. I'd, I'd never seen a game at this point and I hadn't until the World Cup. So when asked to be involved, you know, I had a I had a good look at what what we wanted to to get out of it as the naming rights sponsor of the event, and what we needed to do once once we signed on the dotted line, we then needed to embrace everything Polo Cross, and then start a journey then to not only be a sponsor but to actually be a promoter, because now as the naming rights sponsor, we were attached by an umbilical cord to the success of the entire event by what we did ourselves to get in behind it. I wasn't prepared to sit back and let um, the organisation do all the pushing. We had to leverage at every possible opportunity uh, to to make the event a success. So we needed to get people through the gate and to enjoy this event. So once, once we'd signed on the dotted line, um, we're about just under 12 months out, might have been 11 months out looking back, and then we set a strategy about what we need to do achieve at 10 months out 
at nine months out, at eight months out, to the point where by the time we got to 10 weeks out, we had our socials engaging three times a week, talking polar cross, but all different angles. We were incorporating the countries, talking about the countries and introducing the players. And that was all being done from an Adina point of view. Yes, we were certainly um, using some collateral that was being offered by the organisation, but we, because it was the Adina World Cup, we wanted to look at it from an Adina point of view used a lot of video, some live video to try and educate people that were perhaps in our community that didn't know anything about polo cross, me included. So I went on this educational journey on, on a personal level to learn about the horses, where they came from, how they were, how they're loaned to the event. We had we had to I had to then learn about the vetting process and, and all that went with that, the rules of the game and, and how quintessentially I guess rules are that, to make it Australian, which which ties really neatly into us as, as an Australian watch brand. So for us to be naming rights and we had to learn about the event, I think both of those created a very authentic story from us as a brand and from me as a person to, to join the two together as, as an event and as a sponsorship opportunity. So you're obviously really passionate about it. You didn't know a lot about Polo Cross. So what was it that got you excited about the opportunity to partner with this event. What was it that the president, Les Fraser, said or did with his pitch to you that made you go, yeah, I think this is worth looking into? Well, I think there was a couple of things that more than just brand exposure, you know, that's something that you're always looking for. But I think the days of just throwing money at an event and looking and hopefully you see your name up in lights, I think that those days are gone, perhaps in some businesses that still exist. But mm. in a family business like our own, um, we're looking for a return on investment. And by working with Les, you know, who also has a family business, he understands that he's got to deliver a return, you know, a return on that investment. So when he sort of said to us, like, this is this is definitely a market that you'll feel comfortable in. But and I turned around and said, look, we don't have any money to invest in it, but what we can do is we can put our best foot forward and we can create, create you something unique and something that's never happened in your sport and potentially many other sports is to create a bespoke watch that the only way you could own this particular watch was to actually play for your country. Instead of walking away with a with a uh, with a, a, a tin mug saying you were, you participated in the World Cup, which is nice to walk to walk away with a bespoke top of the range, very very limited edition automatic watch gave us the opportunity to showcase what we what we can do here in Australia at Adina Watches to the whole world. So with the participants coming from the states, from the UK, from Zambia. Zimbabwe, South Africa. I got the opportunity to meet all these people from all these countries, but they're taking the Adena message back to their home countries. And I would hope that myself and, and our team that were out at the event were then ambassadors for our brand to further showcase us as as a nation of people. You know, I, I'd like to think that we're nice people, and as Australians, we're hospitable, and, and we wanted to share that further in the with that involvement to these people from overseas. So for Les to give us that chance to sort of do that was to add value to, to let's say, to his event by doing something that never had been done in the polo cross community globally before. So, uh, you know, I like being a part of things that have never been done before. So to get that, it comes back to, again, 
giving us the opportunity to put our best foot forward and shine on a on a global stage. But at the event itself, it then became super super important that we activated really strongly at the event. And by once once again, we were so invested in the success of the event. It was the Adena World Cup, so we had to make sure our signage um, and what we did at the event not only reflected the event and the and the tone of the event, but also reflected our brand ethos. And then have the team there at the event. We we activated with a a very nice little boutique um, that we ran off the side of the merchandising area, which gave an upmarket and premium feel, which is what our watches are. We were able to sort of do it in a very casual way so that the team and myself, we all wore aprons which were very distinctive so people knew exactly who we were and, and what we represented and the amount of people that came up to us and uh, and said to myself and the, the team said, look, this is a great thing that you're doing, getting involved in this event and thanked us for our involvement. And that, that's there's obviously a return on investment that you're looking for, but there's also there's that human return on investment where you're supporting... Mm-hmm an event that perhaps didn't get the support before or the sponsors that got that had got involved before perhaps didn't want to put their shoulder to the wheel. You know, I felt it was very, very important that we did get in behind the event and encourage not only the local community to get in, but our entire Adena network. And uh, I, I think in a lot of ways we were successful in, in encouraging some people that had not seen Polo Cross before, like myself, to, to get along to the event. Yeah, that's great because a lot of businesses actually don't appreciate the need to actually get behind and really leverage an opportunity as a sponsor. You know, it's more than just for that initial outlay or that investment of dollars or product or service, whatever it may be. It also becomes an incredible opportunity as a a sponsor, especially the naming rights sponsor, Mm -hmm. to meet every other sponsor in in that business community that's involved in this this network and this event so you're actually growing your network of business connections and and people you have made some incredible really good friends out of the event both in a business and and also at a personal level from being the naming right sponsor and potentially i would not have had the opportunity to meet these people had we not been yeah it's really good to see that you really leveraged every opportunity that you could so you had signage socials you had you know 10 11 month lead up with your marketing activity the activation on site building relationships and partnerships with other sponsors and businesses and just stakeholders at the event is there anything else that you did to make sure that you got maximum value we also created a range of watches that was available exclusively at the event. So we not only created uh, the players' watches that were completely unique to, the, like I said before, the only way you could own these particular Adina watches was to have played for your country, but we also made off that exact model was a collector's edition. So it was a premium timepiece that was in the same vein as the players' one, but without the rose gold. We used rose gold on the players' one to... You know, talk about uh, Warwick, the host city, as it's a it's a rose city, so rose gold resonated. We took the rose gold out of the supporters edition, so it was just a plain stainless steel, but still the same watch without the without the rose. And that was sold at a premium, and there was fifty of each, fifty ladies and fifty gents, which sold quite quickly. And then we also made um, a supporters edition that had a, a a bit more affordability aspect to it, and got through a lot of those as well. So there's people getting around Australia, and if and I know in other countries, I know we sold a few into the states. 
know, we saw one into the UK and a few in Africa. So there's people getting around the world in polo cross edition, whether it's a supporters edition or the collectors edition, watches that they picked up, which will each time they check the time, um, will hopefully take them back to that incredible event that was in Warwick in, in April 2019, where Adina, in a way, we stepped up and took a risk. In, in business, you've got to sometimes take that risk. Yes, it was a calculated one. You know, we knew how many watches that we needed to sell to pay for what we'd done. You know, we'd spent 10000 just in signage alone. So um, we were very, very serious about um, making a statement at the event and in all the different activations, we had to sort of give 100% or 120% in each of those mm-hmm. activations. We made sure that we were at every event, whether it was the breakfast, whether it was at the luncheon, whether it was at any of the events afterwards, we made sure Adina had a presence there to be activating it at every level within the, within the event to ensure that the maximum uh, return on investment was achieved. Yeah, it's an awesome effort. So what, Grant, I'm interested to know, what were your key learnings from this partnership? If you were going to embark on another sponsorship um, or partnership arrangement like that, is there anything that you would do different or is there anything that you've really learnt from the process? I, I certainly wouldn't do anything different. You know, we, we brought a lot of passion to the table, but I, I, would, I would only ever get involved when the, when the other side was bringing as much passion as what we were. And, and that was certainly true of, of the organisation. So they knew that they, ha- they had someone passionate on the other end. And there were some robust discussions that went around on what certain parts of the event need to look and feel like. And when there's robust discussion, that means there's passion involved. So, you know, we would, if we were going to partner ourselves, we, we want passionate people. We want to be involved with passionate people that are passionate about the sport or the event or the, or the whatever it might be that we can then bring our passion for our watches and, and what we're doing with that event to the table. And hopefully then both parties can get a result. So to, to say that would I do anything differently? Probably not. It was it was the first time we'd ever done anything on this sort of magnitude. Um, I, I looked around and, and, and saw different events and how things looked and felt there and tried to take learnings away for it to bring it into into this event. You know, there's different things that, that worked um, and different things that didn't, but I think as a as a combined effort, you know, we our retailer in Warwick um, we, we built a, an Adina shopping shop there so that anybody that was out at the event could then go into the store. Um, that, well, there's two stores in town, one that's owned by the same people. They then were really heavily, heavily branded Adina that then attached them to us and us to them in the 12 months since the event or the eight months since the event, their turnover with is, is up double. So there's been an incredible flow-on effect of our brand in their store there's only one thing you can be off the back of and that's the the World Cup. So to and that's then resonating through we're seeing people coming in. Yeah, I, I met you out at the World Cup. A watch is not something that someone buys every day. So we we connected with a community of people that is far reaching in regional Australia and and regional Australians in general, well, Australians in general are, are loyal people, you know, and the country people even more so, you know. So for, for us to, to have hit a chord with them, there's a there's an authenticity that, that they see in our brand that is is genuine, and uh, they, we're continuing to see people say, "Oh, have you, are there any of those polo cross watches still available?" Or you know, I met you at the event, or you know, can I didn't need a watch now, but I do, then, but I need one now. So it's had a it's had a nice roll on effect for us. 
you know, I think it will continue into the the future a little bit too. I, I can't see it going away in the in the in the medium term. That's for sure. Mm. I think you've given some really good perspective. You know, from an event organizer's point of view, what is important to a sponsor? Because I think sometimes as organizers of events, uh, we lose sight of what can we offer sponsors. You know, and a lot of events just lack that ability to think a little bit creatively about what they can do. And I think for me, one thing I'm taking away from this is having an open conversation with the potential sponsor up front to see what that partnership could look like. My final question, so thinking about those event organisers and thinking about the experience that you went through with the Polo Cross World Cup, do you have any tips for other events that may be looking for major sponsors? Like what can make their event more appealing to a sponsor? I think it definitely comes down to to bringing the passion to the table. I think you've got to show a sponsor that you're going to give them value for money. You're going to, mm. you're going to put on a good event. It's not going to be a dud. Now, look, there's things that can come along, and I think everybody understands that, like weather events, et cetera, that can, can upset the success of an event. But I, I really feel strongly that if an organisation has clear communication, has very, very clear and driven goals and deadlines that they're setting for themselves. We're doing this in uh, to build to build momentum behind it. The next thing that's going to take off after that is this and we're going to run that for that amount of time. We've incorporated print here. We've done this online. And the, the way that the social media is now, there's the ability to be resharing and, and really gathering momentum. And I think the more sponsors that work together and I know it was certainly my aim when I found out I got the sponsor list and I reached out to every sponsor that was on that list to try and do something with them prior to the event some people took me up on the office some some didn't you know I I think perhaps you know I was disappointed when people didn't say say oh let's do something with you and that goes back to like a rising tide takes all boats high you know if we work together you're going to get an even better result which is going to deliver you a better return on your investment Mm -hmm. so for, for organisers to be able to come together and say, look, we're looking for, you know, we're looking for a mid-tier sponsor, but we've got this person and they're really keen to work with you and we've got this. If you can set up a framework where, where you can work the network of sponsors together, they can all help one another create not only a better return for them as a sponsor, but actually get more bums on seat at the, at the event, which is mm. obviously the, the the goal. You know, there is a there is a goal and to to get people through the gate. If it's a sporting event like what we were involved with up in Warwick, it's to get people through the gate. We did that. We got sixty thousand people through the gate, which was mind boggling. You know, so largest ever sporting event held outside a metro off the coast. So it, you can't deny that there was some huge. Uh, metrics put around this event, $6 million injected into the, the Warwick economy. All those things came about from every everybody being passionate, the organisation and the sponsors to get people to the event. And I think to, you know, the, the sponsor, the, the organisers need to bring that element of passion to it and saying, well, look, we know you're not going to be the naming rights or we'd like you as a naming rights, whichever way it is, but we've got all these other people to work with. Here are their names. Let's all make this work together. Yeah, that's great. Excellent piece of advice. That's fantastic, Grant. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and your tips and insights to our event holders across Australia and beyond. Um, Your tips and practical advice, I'm sure, will be of great assistance to all of our listeners. 
Thanks again, Grant.